welcome to the Blessed Community Church podcast series. Here we delve into a variety of subjects aimed at helping you grow in your faith and deepen your understanding of Christianity. Follow us on social media at BlessedCC and visit our website, blessedcc.org, for more information. We hope you enjoy the podcast and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Well, welcome to podcasts, some of which might be just me, but um, many, I think, will be um, with conversation. And um, as a way to start, I thought a conversation with Naz, uh, an old friend of mine, um, would be quite pertinent. We're looking at really the early history of our church, which in those days was renamed Ealing Fellowship and subsequent Ealing Christian Fellowship. Um, the roots really of what is now Bless. And um, Naz and I met each other, I've just calculated, you know, between 45 and 50 years ago as teenagers, late, probably late teenagers. And um, we were both Christians already. Uh, Naz had a different route maybe from me, but uh, uh, we both, I think at that time, were excited by what was happening in the church. And, uh, and subsequently, of course, ended up you know, working very closely together and remaining good friends for all that time. So, Naz, I'm going to ask you first if you could just sort of <clears throat> tell us a little bit about the early, your early experiences of coming in in contact with what was John and Anne, uh, Spencer yep. and their group. Thanks, Ian, and uh, hi to everybody listening. So I was a member of what was called Eden Common Crusader class back in the day. Now they've been uh, restarted as Urban Saints, which I think is a better name. And my good friend Adrian Mountford uh, was also part of that Crusader class. And what's pertinent about it was that uh, we really wondered whether there was going to be a sort of fresh church type initiative coming out of that Crusader class because of the commitment that we all felt to Christ and each other. But for a number of reasons, that didn't happen. And I was at a time probably feeling slightly disillusioned with the church structure and, and where it was going. So Adrian asked me to come and uh, join this group or have a look at this group that was meeting in the upper Amherst room of Haven Green Baptist Church led by John and Ann Spencer. And he invited me to come along just to see. And it was quite a remarkable experience for me because I pretty much from the first encounter really felt that I'd found my spiritual home because I think we were looking at folks who were looking to apply the teachings of Jesus daily in their lives in a very practical way. The baptism in the Holy Spirit was welcomed and that was something that I had experienced and encountered through a, 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 an interesting route, but perhaps for another time. And we used to sing a, a, a chorus that said something along the lines of the day you showed me your family, my spirit arrived at home. And I had a strong sense as I met with these folks that my spirit had indeed arrived at uh, my spiritual home. And of course, what's interesting in to reflect, you, you've spoken about the time, what's interesting to reflect is that of that original group of probably 25 people, of course, many have moved on, some have died. But there are still people that we're in fellowship with now who are part of that group um, that we, we made a commitment to stay together and seek God's kingdom together and be Christians in a practical sense together. 
it's quite interesting that some of those relationships, including our own excellent relationship, are still there as a testament to the importance and the depths of the feelings that we had at the time about this uh, embryonic church. Well, yeah, my route was a bit different. I remember when we first got to know each other, it was at a, I think they call it a house party or something. Yep. In Sheldon. That's right. In Sheldon. And uh, there was some teaching during that weekend or whenever it was, which uh, really, really hit home. But uh, later, of course, uh, we came, you know, came across each other in this very same renewal group, mm. as it was called. Mm. And uh, again, interestingly, it was a friend of mine who pointed me towards it. And I discovered that uh, not only do they meet in Upper Amherst Room, which I knew anyway, um, I knew the place rather, um, but also about 200 yards from where I grew up. And uh, John and Anne's house was also the uh, venue for many of their meetings where we were piled into their back room at the time, which later they helpfully extended. But um, <clears throat> it was quite packed. And uh, I too was drawn to this. I just thought the similar thing, I didn't think I had a song for it, Naz, but um, I certainly felt that um, this was what I was looking for. Now I had had previous experience of a, what was called a house church, a house, yes, house church or fellowship, which had, while I was away at university, it had imploded. And <laughs> I never really got to the bottom of that. But uh, that didn't change my mind about that. I was looking for that sort of depth of commitment uh, to people and also a charismatic um, experience of church and something that pointed, probably I didn't know the half of it, anywhere near that, but uh, um, something within me was drawn to this. And I think of before very long, you know, not only you and me, but others, we're in this strong, strong sort of committed relationship. Yes. And, um, and you know, it sort of took us through difficult times, I think, because we were in, uh, with John, we, the two of us were in uh, leadership. We called it eldership at the time yeah. in the early days of the church. And, uh, you know, it wasn't always easy, I don't think you, you'll agree, but um, we expanded the team and that didn't necessarily, <laughs> no, actually we, we had a larger team out of which the three of us were, um, mm. you know, sort of, uh, became a, the eldership team, mm. um, you know, and, and we went through some, you know, difficult times, but our commitment to one another, I think, held us through those times. So I wonder why, going back to the fundamental question, why is it that we felt there was a need for Ealing Fellowship, as we called it, to exist? From 1980, we started off, you know, autonomously, if you like, but then subsequently we reached out for you know, external mm. input, which we might have time to get mm. into briefly. Mm. Um, mm. Why do you think we needed to exist? Bill, I'm going to pick up on the word commitment, Ian, first, if I may, and then I'll answer mm. your question because yeah. uh, it's come up in that order. So commitment was very important in the uh, early stages of the renewal group. And it was exemplified, first and foremost, by John and Anne and and. I mean, it's it's their story, really, and perhaps it'd be appropriate to ask Anne about it one Indeed, day. Indeed, yeah. But the, the story is that John was offered the professor of surgery uh, down in Bath, where he'd worked before. And that would have been a great job for him to take. It would have meant, you know, living in a, a really nice part of the world, uh, plenty of leisure activities, great schools for the kids, uh, obviously a good salary pretty much anywhere if you're a professor of surgery. 
but also uh, living in a, a house that would be substantially bigger than what one was able to purchase in London. And there was a lot of draw, but they felt that they couldn't take it because God had co called and committed them to this, let's be honest, ragtag group of people that were this sort of embryonic uh, church. Mm. And it was a tremendous sacrifice for them and a mark of their commitment. And many of us followed suit in that commitment with people choosing houses and jobs and, and uh, how they organise their time and money uh, as an expression of that commitment. So I think commitment is quite an important word mm. um, into the ethos of the early church and probably contributes partly to the answer to the second question of why we exist. To answer that question more fully, I would say very simply this, without in any way criticising anybody else, because one's perspectives were not necessarily accurate. But I think certainly for me, I was looking for something more than going to church on a Sunday morning, getting a, a little top up of something spiritual, listening to a great sermon with some good insights by some very gifted preachers, and then getting on with the rest of your life until the following Sunday morning where it mm. was uh, repeat and uh, continue. So I think with the fervor of youth, we were looking for a Christianity that was 24 seven. We were looking for a Christianity that impacted our daily lives. We were looking for a Christianity that impacted the circles of uh, influence that we moved in, whether that was work or our social circles or leisure circles or our neighbors. Mm. We were looking for a practical outworking of 24 seven Christianity. And I think it was that significantly that drew me towards this group because i saw that that's what they were trying to do that's very very good i think uh, i mean we probably attached ourselves um attached to ourselves the, the, the sort of cave of adullam sort of um we did thing you know which is from i think one samuel but certainly from the story of david you know a lot, a lot of really sort of miscreants really all getting together yeah. and um, you're right of course that people did you know geographically relocate in order to be close enough to make real the, the, the weekday mm. sort of okay. commitment. And we did a lot of stuff together. There's no question mm. about that. And, uh, you know, we did have the, <clears throat> you know, we weren't only young people, but, um, you know, John, John actually very graciously gathered these young, slightly arrogant people around him, I suppose. Um, and uh, he, you know, he was a father figure to us. There's no question. Yes. And obviously, in your case, he became your father-in-law. But, Indeed. Uh, but uh, to me, certainly he was a father figure and uh, very influential. And it didn't mean we all agreed all the time, because um, I, I think I could be quite argumentative, actually, in those days. Now, of course, I'm not. But uh, but uh, no, we, we did actually have to work things through and uh, to you know, risk boring people, the commitment level was such that we could sustain it. Um, so we were, you know, an interesting mixture of people. But uh, but I think also a feature of our, our church life was a desire to, and in practice we did this, working with other churches. And, uh, and that's continued, you know, to this day. Um, well, very much so. I mean, you'll remember when Artie Kendall was installed as the minister at Westminster Chapel, uh, we invited RT to lunch and we had a wonderful lunch at John's house uh, mm. with the leadership of the day. And certainly it was you, me and John, I can't remember mm. who else. And RT came along and we had a great afternoon. And, and I think, I hope he was encouraged that there were 
dynamic Christians who were seeking the uh, presence mm. and power of the Holy Spirit, who were wanting to encourage him and welcome him to healing and dialogue with him. And mm. who knows, perhaps that might have been one of the roots that inspired him on his mission of the spirit and the word, which was one of the messages that uh, R.T. Yes. brought. And he, he either then or maybe later, um, was very close friends with Gerald Coates. Who Indeed. And... Uh, from a different let's say he took a different route shall we say Uh, but for us also and i this is the sort of tail end of this discussion i think today uh, we also felt the importance of an external accountability um someone outside of our situation in other words who could speak into it we invited that we welcomed it we encouraged it in every way and uh Mm. you know that in that respect that we reached out to Gerald Coates and this is before yes. Pioneer had been you know existing as a name but um, in, in effect it was Pioneer but it wasn't called that at that time and um, you know the early days of the church were uh, you know in effect quite strongly if, uh, influenced by Gerald and his his ministry I mean not, I don't just mean he came to speak but he met with us as a leadership and uh, and uh, you know worked through worked through some of our you know difficulties and so on and he was um uh, subsequently of course he he handed over uh, to other others in fact and to steve steve clifford who's uh, now part of our church so um you know we've had a long history with pioneer and uh, i think that probably pioneer is is a story for another time but um since these podcasts are not intended to be um, too long i think that um, i'm going to say Let's let's leave it there. But thank you very much for Thanks, sharing some of your stories. And uh, we might well do it again. But there are other people who sure. will have a, their own version. It might hopefully not be contradictory to us. But um, anyway, thanks very much for your time. Oh, bless. Thanks again. Bye. That's all for this episode of the Blessed Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and found it to be informative and inspiring. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday, either in person or online. For more information, please visit our website, blesscc.org. Thank you for tuning in and we look forward to sharing more content with you soon. Have a great day.